Hey everybody, welcome to Covenant Courses, and this is our course called Missional Essentials, in which we are uh, taking a look at a workbook called Missional Essentials uh, by Brad Briscoe and Lance Ford. And as a part of this, I had the privilege of interviewing my friend Brad Briscoe uh, on this book, and we're just kind of walking through each lesson together uh, on each episode and digging into it a little bit. So I hope that you've had a chance to uh, pick up the book Missional Essentials and read some of this content. Uh, each lesson has just a short essay and, uh, and then also to listen to this podcast and maybe dig a little bit deeper with us. So today we're getting into lesson four and we've been talking about paradigm shifts that we all need to make if we are going to join God in his mission uh, in the world around us. And in today's lesson, we're going to be talking specifically about the kingdom of God and what it looks like for us to have a kingdom of God agenda. So let's get into today's interview and um, I'll catch you guys at the end of this. You know, I grew up in a church setting where people were always talking about building the kingdom of God and growing the kingdom of God. And only later in my adult life did I really come to realize that the kingdom cannot be grown or built by us, uh, that it is what it is and that it is exactly what God would have it be. Um, so what do you guys mean when you talk about the kingdom of God? Yeah, excellent. Well, I think uh, anytime I talk about the kingdom, I think that the first thing I want to say is we must always start with Jesus. <laughs> it's like hmm. we, we, you know, and I, I know you're very familiar with this, but a couple of friends of ours, you know, have, have written a couple of books where they talk about we need to allow our Christology to determine our missiology, which should determine our ecclesiology. And in simple terms, the way I'll say that sometimes it's just like Jesus needs to inform the way we think of mission. And then mission needs to inform or determine the way we think of church. So the point is we have to start with Jesus. And the second point then is if we do start with Jesus, we have to recognize that Jesus's primary mission was all about the kingdom. Jesus, he spoke often about the kingdom. In fact, the phrase, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is used over a hundred times in the gospels. So you know, where we like to talk about church, Jesus talked about the kingdom. And I think it's helpful sometimes to say, no, let, Let's try to think more about kingdom and how the church fits into that rather than starting with church. So I think I love what you just how you kind of kicked off this conversation about the kingdom that and I still hear people use this language all the time that that uh, we need to build the kingdom or we need to extend extend the kingdom or establish the kingdom. But the truth is that the word build, establish or extend is never used in the New Testament when it comes mm. to the, the, the language of kingdom. And, and man, this is, I remember struggling with this and really processing this the first time I heard it. But when Jesus talks about the kingdom in the gospels, it, he either uses the word receive or enter. Hmm. So he says, receive the kingdom of God or enter the kingdom of God. We don't build it and we don't establish it. So in other words, I think Jesus is saying it's kind of a realm of living that Jesus is inviting us into. He's inviting us to follow him into this. And I think it's important to recognize that the only entrance into his kingdom, and you said this earlier, is obedience. It's obedience to the work, words, and ways of Jesus. So it, it's like the kingdom is his way. 
And if we hope to experience God's peace, then we be we have to become peacemakers. If we desire to inherit the earth, and we have to stop fighting for it. If you know, we commit to meekness, meekness rather than committing to power. It's like this alternative, um, kind of counterintuitive way of living. I mean, think about the language. It is. It's, it, some people have used the language of upside down. It's like it's an upside. The kingdom is almost a upside down way of living. And when you really think about Jesus's words, it's crystal clear, right? He says, the first shall be last. Think about the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the peacemakers. Like, are you kidding? <laughs> like, no, I, I thought we were supposed to go after power. He says, blessed are the meek because they'll inherit the earth. So again, I just think it's a, it's a way of living that Jesus is inviting us into. And it's bigger than the church. The kingdom is it's yeah. it's greater and bigger than the church. Well, so it sounds like you're saying it's it's not so God doesn't need us to do something for his kingdom, but but more like he's trying to embed his kingdom in us. He he's trying to uh, take the the values of of the kingdom and inject them into our being. Is Am I on track at all? Yeah, no, that? I think so. Right. No. And and I do think there's a parallel here to his mission. I mean, it's again, I think the kingdom is bigger. Um, it's bigger than the church. And when and when we really start to grapple with that, I think there's some some really practical implications. I mean, first off, we realize that that um, church people aren't the only ones that may be doing kingdom work. I mean, I think I and some people might be uncomfortable with this, but I think there are <laughs> kingdom people they're not just Christians. I mean, it forces us to see the good work that other people are doing. They're like kingdom people and they don't even know it. But then also mm. I think when we have like a kingdom mindset rather than just the church, it helps us to consider collaborating in our cities with other groups because it's not just about our church, but it's, it's, it's about, you know, the welfare of the city so then if we have a kingdom mindset, then we'll collaborate with other kingdom people um, and then the other thing, and, and this might sound kind of crazy, but I think a kingdom mindset uh, even helps us think differently about evangelism. So it just puts us in a more humble kind of position because you said earlier, you know, a lot of times we hear people talk about uh, we're going to build the kingdom or we're going to extend the kingdom. And that doesn't sound very humble, does it? Mm, <laughs> you know, right, it's yeah. kind of an activist notion that we're going to build this thing. We're going to extend it. it. It almost has a military sound to it. But mm. I think instead, when we understand that we are like entering into the work of the king, we're following King Jesus into his mission of redemption. Um, I don't know. We're, we're like welcoming people. It's it's more about companionship. Evangelism is uh, rather than us, you know, recruiting somebody that we're asking them to kind of enter into this journey uh, along with us, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking about repentance as we're talking about all of this, like the idea that repentance is is turning from the path that you've been on and, and turning on to Jesus's path. So right. in, kind in of the rethinking con- the way you think, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So So it sounds like you're talking about turning on to this new path that's that's all about the kingdom of God, it, and it's it's kind of guided by the kingdom of God. It's defined by the kingdom of God, um, but that's really uncomfortable, and certainly it, it involves a rejection of the things that the world would say 
are important. Uh, one of the examples you guys use is, is Jesus's temptation and his own rejection of things like food and, you know, so things that sustain us and safety and security and glory. And like, man, those are all things I'm told I should want. And so I, I'm, I now have to step into this new space where I'm intentionally saying no to those things so as to pursue this kingdom of God agenda. So what does repentance look like to you in that context? Because I think most of us, when we think about repentance or we think about turning, we're primarily thinking about like outward obvious sins. Like I shouldn't have told that lie. I need to not do that again. I, I, I need to repent of that. How, how can, like, what does that mean in this situation? Like, what are the things that maybe we need to repent of in order to pursue this kingdom of God agenda? Yeah, that is a fantastic question. Uh, and I'll probably just kind of process this with you a little bit. I mean, yeah. part of it, I think, is uh, uh, a sense of self-awareness. Maybe I, I, for me personally, I think it kind of starts there. Um it's just a, a self-awareness of where am I receiving my identity? Where am I tapping into, I don't know, perceptions that I think other people have of me? I mean, there's kind of a, I mean, I, a word that keeps coming in my man, mind is, is sim, simplistic, is that we, we, we probably need to simplify our lives a little bit, um, especially as you go back to the the temptations uh you know food safety glory part of it is about possession um and that's not easy i mean because we have the the world systems telling us that this is actually what we need i mean marketing that's what marketing is all about right it's like every ad is it's trying to bring a, a sense of discontentment in our lives so we think we have to have this next thing or we need to look a certain way or have a certain thing so i think part of it is self-awareness is is asking um kind of digging into motives somewhat. What, why do we do what we do? Uh, I think part of it too, is I think there's a, a deep need to do this in community. Uh, you know, we, we need to learn to be more vulnerable with each other and we need to create safe, safe spaces and, and what better place to do that in the community with other believers. Um, so, yeah, so I think part of yeah, living into the reality of, of uh, uh, this realm, the, the kingdom, is it does have to start by repentance where we change the way kind of rethink the way we think uh and part of that repentance is just recognition of uh, our motives what what's motivating us to do what we do seek after the things that we seek um and then probably in community have these conversations with others about uh letting go of certain things um i mean i i think our ego <laughs> you know is is a, certainly a huge piece of this um just again and I, when i say that ego i mean kind of the motives like why do we do what we do and and uh, are we more concerned about what others see how they see us or perceive us or are we more concerned about us you know our obedience toward what jesus is calling us to do so multiple factors there i guess but uh certainly isn't a, an, an easy thing it'd be very painful and and i think that's another reason why it's just helpful to to do this in community with other believers yeah, well, because you need you need support, <laughs> obviously. In this, you, this is not something you can do alone, and it's not something I think God's designed for you to do alone. Um, but in the course of this whole study, I mean, we're we're ultimately talking about 
living in a way that's completely different from the rest of the world, which which obviously totally jibes with the teaching of Jesus. But man, in the American church, I don't know how many great examples many of us have had of what this actually looks like, because at least for me, I grew up in a church culture where it, it virtually looked no different from the rest of the world. Like everybody seemed to be pursuing and behaving in the ways or pursuing the kinds of things and behaving in the ways that everyone else, even those who weren't Christians, seemed to be pursuing. Um, and also you mentioned that there are people in the world who may not even know Christ who yet who are living a sort of kingdom of God agenda, you know, in some way where they may not be aware of it, but you know, gosh, they're, they're peacemakers, um, or they, they truly are seeking to love other people in the way that they love themselves. Those are not things that only Christians do. It's just that our motivation for doing those things should be different than everyone else. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's a lot of discomfort here, and and I'm thinking about Jesus's words about you know I haven't come to bring peace but a sword, and you know this idea that man I've come to pit father against son and on and on. Um, this is not easy. Following Jesus is not easy, and He never promised us that it would be right. Yeah, and I think you know just go back to everything you just said there. I think it's how crucial it is. We you said support, but we just have to be in a community where. We can have these conversations and talk about the fact that, um, you know, how insidious consumerism is and some of the marketing and and just, I don't know, just be mindful that we're walking in this journey with others. Because you can say follow, following Jesus it isn't always easy and sometimes it's very difficult. Um, so we, we have to do this in a uh, in a communal way in the community with other people. Um, so we can't we really can't journey together with one another. Well, amen to that. I I could not agree more with what Brad is saying there. We all desperately need each other. None of the things that we're talking about are meant to be lived out solo in a bubble. It's meant to be lived out in community with other followers of Jesus. So hope this is encouraging to you. Uh, Next week, we're going to be back looking at lesson five and look forward to joining you guys then. 